0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Once again to the Genie Bottle. That is Madame Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you. I'm your host, uh, cruise director, spiritual advisor, and sometimes groove mistress, Madame Perry. But you can call me Jan, Jennifer. Uh, musicians usually call me JP. I don't know what. They just all do it. And um I am thrilled to be here tonight with this is such, gonna be such a good show. As if people have been a little little um Lately, a little tired, a little emotionally um, unsure, you know, seeing what's going to happen with the country. But I am energized with the guests I have here tonight. Now, um, co-host is somebody that a lot of people know, and he's been here before, and uh, I am thrilled to have him here. He is a musician uh, and producer. He... He's spent a lot of time on the road. With uh, he's here, you know, he's an Atlanta person like me. But he's spent a lot of time on the road. With uh, you've seen him with Soul Asylum, Matchbox Twenty, Hank Jr. Uh, So just welcome back, Joey Huffman. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good now, Joey. I got two great guys here tonight with me. I am doing fantastic.
2: Great. I feel pretty good. I've been kind of bored. But I'll the, bet the studio, the studios opening back up, so I'm able to do projects.
1: Okay, well that's good. That's yeah. nice.
2: Yeah, and I know you're not used to being in one place. On I know, it's kind of weird. Actually, it took the pandemic to figure out that my life isn't much different with it than without it.
1: <laughs> oh really? My house
2: and, yeah, I sit at my house and 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 just play the piano and record and and, and uh, uh, you know it's just the same thing yeah.
1: well, I you just know, have to get my groceries delivered oh yeah true well um, you know we've had a, a lot of good shows lately and I'm so first of all let me say I'm so grateful to everybody that's been uh, following the show been subscribing on whatever their preferred podcast platform is um, whether you listen on blog talk radio Apple iTunes Stitcher. we're on Spotify now, and iHeartRadio, I just want to thank everybody for being on here, and we've had a lot of good, we've had some such fun shows lately, we've had um, the marquee, Michael Phillip Debar talking about his uh, documentary, Who Do You Want Me To Be?, I've had Arden, uh, Arden Marine has been here, and uh, Arden Marine is an actress, comedian, and writer, she's seen her on everything from Mad TV, to Shameless, to Insatiable, uh, Dave Cos was here with his new CD, and um, just just such fun people, and now, tonight, returning here, and I am so very grateful, and, and so uh, blessed to say, returning here tonight with some new music, former Joan Jett and the Blackhearts guitarist, who uh, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015, I believe. and uh, play with a lot of a lot of important people want this guy and he's played with a lot of folks. But uh, he's got his third solo work out called Sobering Time, and I am thrilled to have Ricky Bird. Ricky, thank you for being here and welcome.
0: Thanks for inviting me. How are you feeling, you alright today?
1: I am. I am now. You know. Sometimes you just have to pull yourself out of whatever's going on, whether it's a pandemic or uncertainty in the country or things going on in this thing. What are the good things? You know. What are the good things still happening? And
0: yeah, um, I mean, um, we're living life, man.
1: Yeah, this is life,
0: right? This is this is this is what they call life right now.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I don't know, as much as you've traveled, as much as my co-host Joy Huffman have, have traveled, I'm surprised you guys—you probably crossed paths a lot over the years or decades.
0: I'm sure. I mean, I haven't um, toured consistently for ages. I mean, I do events well, more now. Uh, you know, when I get, I'm, I'm part of like a, a big benefit or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the 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 band or something. So I just fly in and out. I'm sort of like in and out guy yeah. now. But I haven't been on a real tour since, uh, I'm going to say, I played with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes for like a year and change. And that was when my kid was, oh, man, it's got to be 2005 or something. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love staying in hotels. So I love going out and doing those events. But I, I'm not really, I don't know if I could get on a bus and do this for months on, on end yeah, at this that's... point in my life.
2: Yeah, that's why I I had 15 years with Hank Jr., and that was quite enough. So I've, <laughs> I've been off for about two years.
0: I mean, it's fun, man. I mean, I got to see the world, you know? But yeah. but it's it's really, uh, and I just turned 64, so, you know, I mean, my my friend Ian Hunter still goes on tour. And I love about, the, uh, Yeah, I, I love got to you. play with him back in the 90s, early 90s. Where I yeah, that's him.
2: awesome. Were you on that uh, album, uh... Uh, Shrunken heads.
0: No, you know, I never, anything. I never recorded with him. I did, um, I did a tour of Scandinavia and England with him in '93, directly after I did a Roger Dolphy record, and and a little wow. touring with him. And oh. I and then Ian called me, so I went out and did that. And um, he's got an amazing band called the Rant Band. And in fact, yeah. um, Steve Holly, uh, the drummer from the rant band played on, on this. I actually had four drummers on this new record, but Steve Steve played the majority.
1: Okay. So your awesome. new, your new record, sobering times. Um, tell us about all the musicians you've been on it. Cause
0: you, you well, just mentioned Steve Holly. Yeah. Let's start with we, the drummers, I guess. Yeah.
1: So, uh, the rhythm section, uh, baby.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanted to get my friends on it. So I got Steve Holly, um, Uh, And it depended on, you know, it was all dependent on what song it was. Like I I had the freedom to just say, um, you know, this sounds like this guy should play on it. So the second song on the record, uh, which is called Together, which is just a big ass, you know, uh, glam song from my, my, you know, sort of my influences from when I was 17, 16, when I was listening to Slade and Gary Glitter and T-Rex. And it, I mean, I could fit in a Joan set, I would think. But um, I knew that Tommy Price had to be the drummer on it. My, my pal that played with me with Joan uh, in the late, the mid '80s on. Um, so he played on that. He played on my cover of uh, "Tonight the Bottle Let Me Down," the Merle Haggard tune. Um, and then I had Steve Holly played on three quarters of the record. I had Liberty DeVito, uh, my my pal. We well, see, we do all these events together. We're always, you know, part of this. It's sort of like. Um, uh you know, some people come and go, but we there's there's a few of us that are on all these events. Um so he played on a song called Starlit Night and then I had a guy named Rich Pagano who plays with Will Lee and the Fab Foe. Um and uh Rich is a great uh drummer. And he believes in the recovery, you know, he, he's a, a supporter of the recovery lifestyle. So I, I wanted to get him on a track. So that's the drummers. On on keyboards I had this time, um well, I had, um, uh, on the last one too, but I had Jeff Kazee and, and Jeff is another guy that I do all these events with Jeff played, has been playing with Southside Johnny for, oh my God, 25 years or something. And Jeff is like, um, a great voice, real soulful cat, you know, and I, and I, all I got to do is say to him like Nikki Hopkins on that one, you know, give me some Johnny Johnson on that one, <laughs> you know, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, um. Uh, bass is, is bob stander my co-producer for the, these three albums it's his studio it's called park studios out in long island and um he's a great musician so he plays bass all the time and um i mean on the last record i had bobby whitlock played on a tune he played on uh the song clean getaway um i have there's another keyboard player uh, andy burton that plays with little steven and the disciples of soul when they toured uh, but he was on the road when i was doing the record with steven so uh jeff played on the whole thing and background vocals i sang most of the backgrounds on the record um first of all the, the studio is is a little bit of a, a trek from uh, from me and i don't live in the city i live right outside the city manhattan um and the guys that live in the city it's a you know another another half an hour so um i sang most of the harmonies most of the backgrounds uh, you know and i find it easier to do anyway some of the special stuff I had, um, Jeff Sang, Kazee, and also Christine Ullman, who is, you know, my soul sister. She's, she plays in the uh, Saturday Night Live band. She's the beehive queen. And they call it that because she's got a big blonde beehive. <laughs> and, and that's the players, man. That's the players on the record. I did have I had some special guests on a couple of songs. Uh, there's a song on there that I co-wrote with uh, a great singer-songwriter out of New York called Emily Duff. Um, and it's called, I ain't going to live like that. And, um, you know, the the chorus is, I ain't going to live like that no more, no more. And I do that when I go to treatment facilities, I do that song. Um, so I needed a, um, I needed some gang vocals. So I was working as a counselor at this really cool place out here in Staten Island, you know, out, out Staten Island, uh, last year. And I had some of the clients there about, I don't know, 12, 15, uh, guys and girls, come out! They came out to the studio in a bus, in the in the treatment facility bus, and I had them sing um, gang vocals on it. So All that right. was that was cool. That was fun to have. That cool. What's that?
2: Oh, that sounds really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. I wanted to give them a little bit of um, a kick, you know, and and say, look, man, life is great when you're in recovery, man. Let's let's come on, let's have some fun. Let me show you what it's like. And the song is is sort of a testifying, saying, so, you know, I ain't going to live like that no more. So when I go into treatment and I, and I do that song, I got like 70 people singing it at once at the end. I say, come on, everybody testify. And um, so it's um, and all of the songs on the record, the germ of the songs come from these music recovery music groups that I do in the treatment facilities around the country. You know, I write a song and I play it, and and if I get the the desired effect that I'm looking for, which is a reaction, whether it's, you know, uh, making them think or making them cry, you know, uh, if it gets down deep or making them laugh, you know, then I keep it. And um, uh, and then what happens in in those groups? We have these conversations, in between the songs. I uh, kind of say like, can anybody identify with that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, give me a line on there. What, what line was the one that got you? And then we start talking about it, and they'll say something else. And in my mind, my little songwriter um, uh, notepad in my brain, um, they'll say something that'll trigger a new subject. And then I just write it down, and I come home and you know try to write something about that. And that's how the songs came for this this record. Sure. And the last one. That's yeah,
1: great. and you got you know how people used to um, bands used to put the lyrics. Sometimes they put lyrics. Well, some still do inside the album, and you've got them on the website. And, uh, yeah,
0: I thought all things considered with the, the because what the lyrics are about, I, I had, uh, you know, I had them put all up on the website and I, and I kind of put, which reminds me, I got to go on social media and remind people I got them on the website. Thank you. Um, I thought it would be good for people to reference them. And, and you know what, you know where I got that from when I was working out in Staten Island as as a counselor, actually it's a counselor in training, and I need X amount of hours. um, when I would do my groups, first I just wanted to go in there and just be a counselor and not rock guy, but then they asked me to bring my guitar. Um, so I started doing kind of like what I was doing in my regular recovery music groups, but I would take one of the songs that I did. I'd only have time for one song for this thing, for a group, and I'd print out the lyrics, hand it out to all the people in the group, and then we'd discuss the lyrics. So that was kind of cool. And wow. that, that, in turn, that's what made me want to put the lyrics on the website.
1: All right, that's that's smart. And as I understand, September, September the twenty fifth was your um, was your recovery anniversary, anniversary or your sobriety anniversary.
0: Yeah, 30, 33 years and counting. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's that's... it's um it's quite a long time now. I mean, we we in the we in the in the recovery world, we we know that it's only one, a daily reprieve, but. It's still a long time. I mean, I used for 18 years. So I'm like, way beyond that. You know, they say when you walk into the woods, you got to walk out the same amount of time. I'm, I'm like way out of the woods now. So Uh, but I always got to keep my eye on the ball even to this day. I mean, I I find my, my addictive behavior, um, which used to manifest in, in like drugs and alcohol. I still got it. I'm still wired the same way. You know, I'm just I just uh, I'm just not active you know and and i and I work a program, so I'm a better person actually uh, I think I'm a little bit more kind but um the, the when i don't work when i don't like work it on a daily basis the, you know my my recovery you know and it could be just calling people in recovery I, I that's a really big part for me is is because when you talk to people you don't you hear the same stories going back and forth and you don't feel unique uh, you don't feel different. Oh, oh, that mm-hmm. happened to you too? Oh, wow, cool, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess I'm not insane. But um, <laughs> the deal is when I, lay, when I lay off that stuff for a while, um, you know, if I kind of miss a couple of days doing this or that from the toolbox that I have of, you know, the imaginary toolbox that I have of recovery stuff, it could be reading from a book or something, a recovery book or something, um, I start acting like, like my brain goes back into that guy, so i start um I start getting a little obsessive uh, cravings, not for drugs and alcohol, but you know it it comes out in a weird ways like uh i like I'll see a guitar, you know how like social media works right so let's say um I, I see a guitar um i don't know I'm looking for an, an acoustic, so I go on Reverb.com or something mm-hmm. and I see a guitar, and I say, "Oh, this is cool," and then you know and then I say, yeah, but i i shouldn't really I shouldn't spend any money now for that That's, i got plenty of guitars right. And then what happens is you go back on social media and that freaking picture keeps popping up, right?
1: <laughs> you know? And how many you. times can
0: it how many times can it pop up before you just hit your pay, PayPal thing? You know.
1: <laughs>
0: so, but the, but the point is, I'll, I'll call my guy that I ca- talk to that has more time than me, and and he'll say, "How much you got on your credit card right now?" And I'll say, "I don't know, whatever." i will say, "Why well, don't you think you should pay that off first?" And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, that's why I call you." <laughs> <laughs> So it's an ongoing process, but I'll tell you what—it's got me. This this imaginary toolbox I speak of has got me through this pandemic uh, relatively unscathed emotionally. I mean, you know, you have moments of. Uh, New York went through a horrendous uh, beginning of this. You know, I mean, it's just.
1: Oh sirens. Gosh, Yeah. I mean,
0: I lost like eight friends, starting with Alan wow. Merrill from who played with you know who wrote I Love Rock and Roll. So. Um, oh, no. And he, he, he died, like, right at the top of this one. They didn't even know what it, they knew what it was, but they didn't know what to do yet. So they, they sent him home from the hospital, right? Oh, you have the flu. Mm. And by the time they got him back to the hospital, he, he was – but, you know, the, the deal is, is it was awful here, and it was very scary. And you're scared for yourself. You're scared for your family. But I kept in t- contact with other people in, in recovery. I actually got turned on to a wonderful, like, a men's community support group meeting out of Florida, which I, I was on almost every day. Um, for months and months and months and months, you know, and I and I have friends from that now that we, we've been actually, we've been talking through the election to uh, sort of talking each other off the ledge, but, um, yeah, yeah you just got to use, um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have this, this, uh, this community that I could lean on. And also I've been doing a lot of reaching out to people that, you know, somebody reaches out to me, whether on social media, um, with somebody I'm working with in recovery. Um, I I spend time doing that in my day a little bit because by helping them, it helps me, you know what I mean? It takes me out of my stuff by helping. And it's also my responsibility as somebody who's like given, been given a second life to help people that are in need with this. So all those things combined has made this kind of like, you know, doable uh, for now. Um, you know, and some days you wake up sweating and, and, um, a little scared. And, uh, the guy that, that I talk to that has more time than me, he says, oh, that's just a vulture sitting on your bedpost, bro. It's okay. It's oh, be fine."
1: That's, uh, a, that's a good analogy.
0: Just, just go say a prayer. You'll be okay. You know? And, um, yeah. And he always says to me, Hey, you you've made it through 33 years of all kinds of stuff, right? You are still standing? I'm like, yeah. He says, all right, suit up and show up, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, Well, I was reading the lyrics of some of these songs. Like, well, ain't going to live no more. I mean, there's just, uh, these are all powerful, uh, of course, and and personal. Um, And then like with this, working hard at nothing, just fixing for a hit, crawling crawling from the consequences and swearing this is it. A lie begets a lie. The truth is laying low. My bullshit's thick with every trick to get me where I got to go. When you write stuff, you know, write so many songs for the CD, does it, does it get kind of depressing or sort of pull you back or? Nah.
0: I'm writing from uh, from experience, not at all. I'm, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. You know, I'm not living yeah. that stuff now. I'm, I'm just I'm writing my experience. Uh, you know, it makes me like I always say this this record is for people that are struggling with addiction. A, mm-hmm. B, it's for people in recovery to remind them why they're in recovery. How's that? You know, C. It's for people that support the recovery lifestyle. So whether you have somebody in your family that's uh, having uh, hurtin' a bit, or or you lost somebody or something, and you support the recovery lifestyle, great record for you. And then finally, if you're just a rock and roll fan, it's just chock yes. full of rock and roll. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so point being is, I'm just a storyteller, and I'm just it just happens to be about this. And. I, I learned from the Clean Getaway record, I think, I think my craft has gotten better on this record as far as uh, um, how to tell the story about, uh, you know, without, I mean, I don't have to be like down and dirty on every song, you know, some of them are, but like the song I Come Back Stronger, it doesn't mention anything about drugs or alcohol, it's just about, you know, getting beat, beat down and then, you know, every time I get beat down, you know, when you have faith, you come back stronger. So I think um, I learned how to do this. Uh, I, think I, I, I think I got this now. I think I got it. And I could tell, <laughs> And once again, I could, I could tell when I sing like that, that line you just mentioned, when I say uh, my bullshit's thick with every trick that they got me where I got to go, uh, you know. When I do that in treatment, everybody starts going, yeah, you know. So, like, <laughs> I know the tricks, you know. I know how to get to them. My job is to get to them, see. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make them mm-hmm. think so they understand what they're dealing with here. Because when you're in the middle of addiction, you, you think, um, you know, there's a few lines, I got this, you know, that's one line. You'll never hear that coming out, out of my mouth. But I got this, uh, next time will be different, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not that bad, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: you got guys in treatment, man. This is like the, you know, 10th treatment facility. They just got out of doing a bid in jail. And, and you know, what you don't want them to do is to leave the place and go out and pick up. You know, whether it's at a bar or a freaking dealer's house. So I'm just trying to like put the cards on the table and then it's up to them what hand they want to play.
1: I got it. Yeah. Uh, that's... Go ahead, Joey. Uh, that
2: makes sense. Uh I I got in 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 this I got sober in two thousand yeah, and four. Yeah, excellent. I have to say I've I, I I've been in and out of meetings, and uh, I, I'm a lot better when I'm in, in, <laughs> in them. there you go. You know, making uh, friends and 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 talking, just talking about things I wouldn't talk about. This uh this pandemic really got hard for me, but uh, yeah, I, I understand what what you're saying and what you're going through. And uh, well,
0: it's a sense of it's a sense of community, man. It's like I'm not alone. Yeah. That's why yeah. I wrote the song, We're In This Together. You know, it, it, it was it had nothing to do with the pandemic. I wrote it two years ago. It just fits. Okay. Yeah, so the point is, is, when we're kids, you know, why did we join a band? You know, we wanted to be part of something. We all want to be part of something. A baseball team, a band, you know, in the office, if you work in an office, you don't want to be the person that stays off to the side. You want to be part of everything. You know, when I walked in, walked into my first community support group meeting after after 18 years of like lunacy, and everybody was like smiling and laughing and applauding, and 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 like you know, people were saying stuff that I, I identified with. I was like, well, this is cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like this,
0: you know. And I know there are people. I feel lucky and blessed that I that I feel that way because I know people that, you know. I mean, I would sit as a counselor and a kid be like 23. And he's and he's like, you know, he's got an opioid addiction, right? Oxy.
1: And and he's
0: like he's he's been revived like three times. You know, he's been in jail. And he has and he says to me, Yeah, I just don't like those meetings. And I'm like, dude You know, you almost died three times. You've been in jail. Uh how many times have you been in treatment? You know? I don't like the people. Well, what people do you like? You know, and I said and I, he'd say, So this is in Staten Island. I said, Well, why don't you go in the city then, man? Nah, it's too long of a trip. I said, Dude, did you go cop in the city? He said, Well yeah. And I'd be, like, I'd be like, Come on, bro. This is life and death, man. You know, with oxy, you know, you get one you get some dope mixed mix with fentanyl. That's the end of, that's the end of your story. So, you know, you you hear all all kinds of stuff coming out of people. Like it's denial, right? It's, it's, you're caught in, you're kind of caught between denial and surrender. And it's a really rough place to be. And with that said, I can't imagine people. I was talking to some some of my friends about this, like, you know, when this pandemic started, as like two things I thought of. Wow, could you imagine if I was active and I was, you know, and people are dying, like left and right in New York and, and ambulances are going by and, every five minutes. And, and, and I say to myself, you know what, I got to go out and get a drink, you know? And, and like my family's going, you can't go out there now. It's, it's, it's like, no, I'll be right. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. You know? And you're going out to get a drink and then that, and that leads to d- drugs. And then you, you know, you come back nine hours later, you know, and who were who you with? Nobody's knew about masks or anything, but that's your brain will tell you it's okay. Right. Mm-hmm, so I was thinking mm-hmm. about how grateful I was. That wasn't me. A and B. Um, the people that were just like on the, on the fence of maybe getting sober and then this happened and they didn't quite get a, they maybe had a half a foot in the door. I was like, I felt so bad for them, but there's been a lot of, um, on these community support group meetings I go to on zoom. um, There's been so many people that have like 12 days, 13. It's so good for them. You know, it's so easy to find. I mean, I mean, there's a million. I mean, I've been to meetings in England on Zoom and in Scotland and LA, and I'm, I'm speaking at one in Austin on Saturday, and you know, it's great. And people are like, ah, I don't like those Zoom meetings. It's that same thing. I'm like, dude, there's no other meetings. It's like, really? Oh. I, I love it. I'm sitting here on on in a Zoom meeting in my like Rolling Stones pajamas.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I think it's
0: brilliant. Technology is work. I could see. You know, Bill W. and Dr. Bob looking down, smiling, going, well done.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's like anybody's going to have any kind of an excuse, you know. Um, yeah. Well, somebody who's excuses. been there can, can you know, can can hit, can volley every one of them. Go, yeah, well, what about this? Well, what, did you go in the city yeah, to score? I'm good yeah, with I'm, gotta, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I can't say anything. I'm not listen, you I'm not the
0: drug and alcohol. Poli- I'm not. I'm not the drug and alcohol police. Like people say to me, "Do you mind if I have a drink in front of me?" I'm like, dude, I, I'm not the cops. You know, it's fine. You know, but but um, if somebody reaches out to me, if somebody asks me to help them, I will call them on their shit. Like you know, don't waste my time if you're not going to fucking do it. You know, if if you're serious, then let's do it, man. Come on, I'll will t- help you. I'll lead you to the message. I'll, t- I'll you know, let's change your life. But if you're gonna screw around, you know, I got stuff to do.
1: <laughs> By the way, um, you know, you probably you heard me mention earlier, uh, your good friend who thinks the world of you, uh, Michael DeBarra was here, and he's like one of my favorite people. Well, he's he he's mad about you, and uh, uh, in fact, he's he's retweeted this that you were going to be on the show tonight, and oh, uh, that's he's a, sweet. he goes, Ricky Bird, he's the keeper of the flame of rock and roll. You know, uh, and, uh...
0: and so is he and he's such a great like like you know whenever i'm in my car and i and i and i'm you know driving when he's on in the morning here in new york um i love listening to him he's so positive and even his social media presence is so positive through all of this and, yes, and that's is. why people love him he doesn't say a bad thing about anybody he's just very kind he's really generous he's funny as shit you know, mm-hmm. and 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 he, he, you know, he's cheeky, you know, as oh, the yeah. saying English saying goes. And, but and, you know, and he's cool, he's good looking, he dresses great, he's he's a rock star, man.
1: <laughs> you got a lot. Like when I said, he's uh, he something about is this? Are we doing this by Zoom or whatever? I said, no, 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 it's it's just audio, no need for you know hair, makeup, special dress, anything. He goes,
0: yeah, he's probably dressed I'm up I- anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. He says I wear eyeliner when I talk on the phone. You know, so okay.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm sure. <laughs> and I always call him. Listen, when I'm working on the record, I send him tracks. What do you think of this? He'll say, put another harmony on that second verse or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I've learned in recovery to ask mm-hmm. for, for, assistance, because I don't but know really? anything. <laughs>
1: you know well, but, 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 uh,
0: Abe Lincoln said the, the secret to a good um, administration is surround yourselves with people that know more than you. Yeah, of course. Then he bought those theater tickets, but that's a whole other. Story. Oh! Huh? Yeah,
2: but how? how I had it to. I'm sorry. Went... He was
0: sitting there waiting for me to hit.
1: <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Joey. Were you starting to say something?
2: <laughs> oh no! Oh, this is just a stupid comment. <laughs> Go ahead. I love stupid comments. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Besides that, Mrs.
2: Lincoln, how do you like the show?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> So let me ask you this. We were talking talk about the music. When you hear yeah. Clean Getaway, and I remember telling you from the second Clean Getaway, from the second I put that in, mm-hmm. it was a good ride. And Back then, I was on the road a lot. And uh, not a clunker in the bunch. You know, some CDs or whatever. I There's always it. one song that you're not that crazy about, right? But, but you know, you yeah, keep yeah. going on. Or, or you skip past it. Not a one in there. That you would want to skip, not a clunker, but you did have one cover, you kicked out with one of my, one of my favorite bands, uh, Kicks, by yeah. Paul Revere and the Raiders.
0: Well, that was a that was a business uh, in, uh, reason in my brain because I knew the subject matter may have trouble getting some airplay. Not that there's any airplay anyway, except for you know satellite radio or, or something. I mean, I, I, I probably can't get on cr- classic rock because uh, it's it's a new record, you know. So it's not top 40, you know, I mean, where does it fit? So, uh, college stations maybe, but I knew if I did a a good cover, I can get some airplay on a little Stevens underground garage. And I was correct. So, um, I was actually sitting in my car thinking of what can I do? What's what one cover could I do? And I swear to you, as I'm sitting here on the phone, um, the risk came, I was listening to underground garage and all of a sudden, what we here in the Raiders, man, came on the radio, and I went, that's the song. It's like the first anti-drug song. Now, maybe not the first, but it was like the first one that I was aware of. So, and and then when it came down for this record, I said, oh, what am I gonna do? Like, I need to do that same thing. Although rumor has it, I'm gonna get some airplay, but it's not gonna be a cover song on this one, so that's cool. But um, I said I need another one. So what I did was. I cut a really great version of Reach Out, I'll Be There There by the Four Tops, um, which is, uh, so yeah, that was going to be on the record, right? That was going to be my cover song. But all of a sudden, in New York, there was a commercial for a hospital, I think it was. It's still going. It's not as much as it was when I was putting the record together, but and it was this really bland version of it. Like, it sounded like kids doing it. Uh, Not to insult kids, but it just, I mean, my my version really rocks, and the guitar like that melody at the beginning, like I Jeff backed the whole thing out. But um, and I said, you know what? Maybe let me hold this off for like a like a bonus track at some point or something if I do vinyl. So I, I knew that I needed, and it was a last minute decision. So um, we also cut the bottle let me down because I love that song, and of course I don't do anything like Metal Haggard. And I know it's been covered by a bunch of uh, country artists, but I just love the song. And I said, you know, I could do this real, you know, kind of faces, old faces style. Um, And I cut that and I just did the, um, because I don't have a band, I have to piece together the songs, right? So the process is I go into the studio with an idea. I play to a click track uh, and then um, the drummer comes in, whoever that might be, and he plays. Oh, and I put, I'm sorry, I put a quick, rhythm guitar down, and then I'll sing a quick uh, scratch vocal, right? Which means I just turn the mic on, and I say, all right, turn it on, let me sing. And I go through it once, just a a guide vocal. And then we have the drummer come in, and he plays, and Bob plays bass to the drums, so now the rhythm section is in, and I start adding guitars. And then the last thing is piano and backgrounds. So what we had on this one, on the bottle Let me down, once I decided not to do Reach Out, I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So I went back, and I listened to some of the tracks we didn't finish, and we had Bottle Let Me Down with just um, Tommy Price on drums, my guitar, like a, a rhythm track, um, and a, a scratch vocal. And I was listening to it, and I went, that's not a bad scratch vocal. <laughs> I said, I think I'm going to keep that.
2: <laughs> sometimes, you
0: just, sometimes you just hit the magic like the first time when you're not thinking about it. And, yeah. um, you know, and then you can't let yourself go, yeah, I could do that better. I could do that. I couldn't do it better because I, I couldn't go to the studio because we were in the middle of the pandemic. It was like an, it was at the oh. beginning, you know, the April maybe. So I said to Bob Stander, my co-producer, I said, you know what, let's finish this, man. So I had him play bass on it. I loved my rhythm guitar track, and I loved what I did in the solo. There was no solo. You know, I played like a Keith kind of rhythm and solo, like a rhythm solo, let's call it. Uh, Bob played bass on it, and then um, I had Jeff Kazee. We emailed it to him, and he played keyboards on it um and then um i of course i couldn't sing because i was here in one place in the studio somewhere else so jeff because he sang backgrounds i said to him he said what do you, what kind of backgrounds do you want i said give me that keith Richards seventh chord you know seventh note and um and then um i didn't have a solo or anything so bob is who's a great guitar player i said Play some noodle noodle in the verses and and play a solo, but just play to my rhythm solo. Like play around that because I love that, and that's what you got on the record. And we just mixed it we mixed it by phone.
2: That's great. You know I do sessions. Yeah. People send me send me MP3s all the time to play too, and I, I toss them back a track.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I I don't have the luxury of being in a band and and of of having a band and I couldn't get to the studio. So what am I, I wanted to do it, but there's this really great new technology. I I'm assuming it's new because I never used it before Uh, because we did some mixing by phone, you know, not mixing by phone. Like he would, I'd leave the studio at like one in the morning and he'd send me back and then I'd get home and I'd listen to it. And then I would email him. I said, you know what? Bring up this, take down that. This is too, you know, And then he would do it, send me back another one. I'd listen to that and go, no, it's too much. Go, Come back a little bit. In between. (laughs) That was our joke. But now there's this new software where I would, uh, he'd send me a link and I would, we would do it in real time. And I know, you know, it was amazing. In other words, he could mix it and I'm on the phone. So I'll say, no, stop, stop, stop. No, make that a little lower. (laughs) And that's how we did it. And it cut down on so much back and forth so we did quite a bit of um uh it was all mixed and mastered and then we just tweaked it yeah, it was mixed and mastered before the pandemic and then we tweaked it by phone you know um of course uh, putting it in order was you know could i could i could just jump off a roof with that <laughs> because i'm really like it's very important to me <laughs> the order um and um and i love ending with uh, just like you which is really an important song for treatment Um, which is about identifying with the other person that's uh, speaking, which is me but um, I wanted to make sure it was a great order, so I was going for three weeks, man, I was on my laptop uh, in iTunes, like, moving the songs around and no matter what I did, it was like, okay, now that's great, but that's horrible, you know it's like, what do I, okay, I gotta move this around and then I started to think, man, could you imagine if if Abby wrote, they'd just put all the songs in a hat and just pick them out and that was the order (laughs) yeah you know, but i got a feeling it wasn't like that but that would be ironic considering i spent so much time and then i think i got it into a pretty good order where it rocks you a little bit you know and then i do a, the third song in i'm playing mando i'm playing mando guitar and uh yeah. you know it's watching. got its highs it's got its ups and downs you know loud rock and roll songs and then, it, and then it's like a like a good kind of Springsteen-y kind of song yeah i think i, I think i got it and then the title—that was a whole other conversation. Um, I had on my phone in the notes. I have like 60 titles that I've been collecting for like seven months, eight months—I don't know. And probably, if I have seven, 60 titles, probably, you know, 45 of them sucked, and the other ones were already taken. <laughs> you know, I mean, every time I got something that was good, I would um, Google it, and I was like, oh man, there's like three albums with that title. Um, and then, and then I was on the phone with somebody. And we were talking about what's going on out there in, in, in the world right now. And I, and I swear to you, I said, yeah, man, these are really sobering times. And I went, huh, how do you like that? It was <laughs> sitting right there on a part of my brain waiting for me to say it. You know, and that was it. I said, perfect. It has to do with what's going on now. It has to do with, you know, one's bar. And Joey, you would he'd, he'd understand this. Like, you know, for you to take the, the action to get clean, you got to be living sobering times, no? That's the thing. You're like, you're at the end of your rope. And that's what sobering yeah. times are. Yeah. So I thought it was a perfect title for uh, current events and um, uh, the recovery coming. And there you go. And I wrote, you know, I take a lot of time with the liner notes. Uh, I don't know if you read on the inside. I always like to write something. Um, hey, why? Because when I was a kid, man, I used to stare at the liner notes on the back of records, right? Oh, yeah. In the photos. Yeah. You know, and of course I would roll joints off of the record, the vinyl too. because the whole other
1: thing.
0: You know, but uh, but I would love you know some of the good like Rod Stewart used to always write the best line of notes,
1: funny Yeah, you know, and
0: I, yeah always on all the you know, like like okay. Rod. I fell off my wallet, Stewart. Like he was really funny. You know, yeah. and and so for every time I do a record, I take a lot of time to really write something cool. So if somebody takes the time to read them, I know they're a lot smaller, but. You know, you'll you'll hear why I do these records. You know, what's what's my motive? I'm trying to I'm trying to get into people's heads and into their hearts and and hopefully help them make a change for the better.
1: Yeah, I like. Uh, <laughs> I also want to mention. Oh, by the way, Joey, when you when I think you were trying to speak, if you would get closer to your microphone, I'm I'm having a little trouble hearing you, sweetie. Okay. Um, How's that? That's better. That's better. Yeah. One thing I want people to know is that mm-hmm. a lot of the money, when people buy your CD, they're not just getting music.
0: Is well, this CD is different than the last one. The CD is different than the last one. The last CD I had a – what I did – well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that for this CD as well, but I haven't gotten to that yet because I can't go anywhere. But for the last – the Clean Getaway CD, when people bought a copy of it, um, it, what it did was it, it gave me the luxury or it gave me the affordability to print up like, you know, thousands more that I gave away at treatment facilities. So in other words, I would go to a place, no matter if it, where in the country it was, and, I, and when I go into a place to do a group, a recovery music group, I would bring, because uh, I'm a recovery troubadour, they say. Um, I would bring, I'd bring a stack of, of clean getaway CDs and I'd give them to the clinical director, uh, you know, 50, 60 at a time, um, to hand out to the clients once they complete their treatment. And then I would announce that because when I started doing this, you know, eight years ago, whatever it was, uh, going into these places, they would always come back to me after the group and they'd lean in and say, where can I get this music? So that's why I wound up doing the records. So I gave away about 2,500 copies of um, the Clean Getaway record. And, of course, I'm going to do that with this one. So right now, you know, look, I, 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 I'm, I have my own record company. I just signed a, a you know, this is not a big-time operation. This is do-it-yourself. So I paid for the record by um, doing uh, crowdfunding. Um, you know, it was, it, was uh, um, it paid for the musicians. It paid for uh, a part of the studio time, you know, um, it paid for manufacturing. Um, and then and then now the records that I've sold. So the first thing I'm going to do is I want to pay the studio off. Um, and um, then what I'll do is I'm going to manufacture a whole other batch of them to um, I'm going to try to figure out a way. Maybe I could send them to the treatment facilities I played at for them to give out. It's not the same effect as me doing the music. And then, uh, and I, and you know, I've done some events from my basement here since Mm -hmm. this started, I've done a couple of like four recovery events and that, that was cool. But I've I've kind of approached some of these treatment facilities to say, Hey, can I, can I do, um, uh, how can I do this? Like for the, how can I do a group like this? And you really can't because everybody would have to have a phone and you're not allowed to have phones when you're in treatment, (laughs) yeah, you know? So, so, uh, but the point, what you were starting to say is, you know, the last record, um, the money went for a lot of stuff, you know, after I pay for expenses and stuff. But this record, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, pay for all the expenses that, that I'm, I'm incurring and that I'm going to incur. Uh, but it all goes to a good cause because the more of these I can get out there, um, and trust me, it, it, you don't make money from selling records these days. And, and you can't go out and play live. So you can't make money from, you know, selling T-shirts or any of that stuff. Um, so The only thing that I like to do Is if I could just break even That means I could do another record And the more music I put out like this Hopefully it helps somebody And why Why do I know uh, For a fact that it does Is because I put this music out And I get Responses from around the world From people that buy it That say um, uh, I mean I already know what the reaction is In treatment Because they're right there in front of me As I'm singing the songs but for this um, people say uh, you told my story and you can't ask for more than that, Uh you know, or, or my brother's struggling right now. He heard it and he he, he wants to ask for help, you know, so I'm getting exactly what I wanted out of this, which is to try to help some people and save some lives. And, you know, if I could pay a couple of bills, uh, fabulous, you know, if it it breaks me even where I could do some more music, um, I actually, during this thing, I knew that we weren't going anywhere. I bought some studio equipment because I lost my studio in my old, my ex finished basement uh, that we lost during Hurricane Sandy. Um, so I bought a, a little stuff. I'm going to have to work on my laptop and this and that. And maybe I could, I'm thinking of a new way. Like, how could I do this if I can't go back into the studio for a year or something? I don't know how long this is going to last. And then I'm going to – so I'm going to try to learn how to use, uh, like, GarageBand or something. Like I don't – my my laptop's not fast enough for Pro Tools. Um, it's a little old, as am I. So uh, I'm going to learn how to I, use GarageBand, and I got some – you know, I got a new mic, and I got some headphones, and I got some basic interactive yeah. stuff. And I'm going to learn to – maybe I could do songs. And then I got this wild idea. Wow, why don't I record instrumentals? Hmm. Uh, what if I tried to do some really cool, like Jeff Beck, you know, you know, my version, yeah. of really cool, write some songs and, and beautiful melodies and play it all on guitar. I don't even need drums. I could do it like percussive stuff in the house. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to experiment with stuff and, and see what would come out of this. But you know, this, this record just came out. So we're a long way from anything.
2: Yeah.
0: You, you know, you can
2: find loops online, you know, find yes. a good
0: group and, and just start playing with that. And, well,
1: you
0: know. yeah, but also if I learn how to use GarageBand, because I'm a moron, i i um, and I'm I, I just, I'm lazy. Even when I had my studio in the basement, I had Pro Tools. I didn't even want to learn how to use it. I had a guy come over here and <laughs> when I was yeah. recording, I just not, I'd rather spend my time writing a great song. I just I I don't have the brain to. Uh, well, I'm, I think I'm 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 hitting myself with a baseball bat. I probably do have the brain. I'm just not. It's not something that I'm interested in as much as – but now uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So, like, I'm going to have to learn how to do this just so I can do basic recording. And then what I could do is I email a file to one of these drummers that has it in their house, and they they put a drum track on it. And then Bob takes it and puts a bass on it and sends it back. You know, We'll do it. I'll get there. (laughs) Well, that's cool.
1: Uh, I'm so glad – oh, go ahead, Joey.
0: No, that's sorry, okay. sorry. We got into I'm... talking about like we got into talking about um, uh, stuff that's gonna bore the hell out of
1: any other listeners. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I'm only that's, laughing that's, because my that's... husband says you said Garage Band, and I, when I try to edit things, and I, you know, I'm not a musician, but I have uh, I've been writing these uh, uh, radio plays, some based on some of the TV shows I worked on before the pandemic, uh, and some of the shows I did. Um, because I worked on a lot of stuff at you know Tyler Perry Studios and and different things, so I was doing some shows based on that, and, uh, also writing um, other radio plays like like uh, film noir stuff, you know that that kind right, of right. old detective stuff, and editing them together. And my husband comes along, why are you using Garage Band? Use the Cubase. Use you know you've got the Steinberg, you got the whole setup, and I'm going, no. I'm not an engineer. I haven't been to technical school. I can't do that. So he's always down. I'm yeah, not man. I do. went on
0: GarageBand, uh, you know, even like halfway through this pandemic mm-hmm. just to see if I remembered it. Because I think I used it once. I had one like mm-hmm. session. I couldn't even remember how to, you know, turn it on. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even, I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get a track. Like actually, some artists that I really wanted to play on their record said, hey, man, can you play on this? It's going to come, you know, we need it by November. And I said, I have nothing in the house. But then I bought stuff for the house. And I said, maybe I could do it on, they sent me the file. I could not get it. To, I couldn't upload it. I, I, so what I did is, um, <laughs> this is behind the music stuff. I signed up for like a YouTube, like garage band, freaking study group or something. So I'll, I'm going to get to that. I signed up. I have my username and password. Yeah, it's, I, I'm not that That's guy. Great. I play guitar. I play guitar. I write songs. I'm a great producer. When I'm, Me and Bob, you know, I know what I want to hear. I, uh-huh. I wouldn't even know how to turn the goddamn thing on. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I, hate, I hate to engineer. You
2: know, it's like when I'm making records, you know, I'll sit back and produce and let the engineer handle it. My, my, my engineer's great. And, uh, yeah. he, he, th- he knows what I'm thinking. And, uh, it's just, well, he knows how, how know, to
0: get the sounds that you're thinking of.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, you know, what mic to use and what, whatever,
0: you know, we're yep. on the same page. And,
2: uh, uh, I have Pro Tools at home, and every time I used to gr- try to use Garage I get mixed up because I know what the Pro Tools weigh. And so it's it's like it's not just uh, you know it's not just you.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like you, no, you I, I know run. it's not just me, but I but it <laughs> that doesn't help me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By I'll way. do it man
0: I promise you I'll I'll do it I'm gonna sit down I'm 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 a procrastinator too like I signed up for this thing you know I'll get to it I got all the stuff still in boxes I went I couldn't wait to get all the stuff and now it's sitting in the closet but um <laughs> you know uh, my my Bob Stanton my co-producer owns the studio he's got a great studio in his basement like you know big ass board and really great sounds so our third record like I I know what you're saying like I say to him you know that, that, that kinda like weird echo like on on Whole Lot of Love where you hear it before you hear the actual you know, the go- it ghosts before way down way down in- oh, Yeah, let's do that. Let's put that over there. You know, he knows how to get anything all I do is I give him references. You know on the third T Rex record when it does that you know So that <laughs> we like- have that we have that language together like you're talking about.
1: This is easy as ordering fast food, apparently. I mean, you say it. He knows. He knows right away. By the way, when we were ta- I wanted to say when you were talking about uh, the, the CDs that you gave away uh, to people yeah. in, in recovery and so forth, um, I've got two uh, CDs here to give away for people who just oh, cool. let me know, message me on Facebook, either as Madam Perry Salon or Jennifer Modette Perry. I've got two right now with some very cool stickers. Ricky. You're looking good in your 60s. You really uh-huh. are.
0: Um, my kid took talking. that picture.
1: You really? Very my daughter, good. my
0: 19-year-old daughter, took my picture. Yeah, we did the okay. the one on the front cover is from uh, Long Island City, which faces Manhattan. Uh, which is way it used to be all warehouses, but it's all really people are all moving there now. Um, it's like people wanted to live on the East River and the Manhattan side. It's like no, 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 you live on the other side so you face Manhattan. That's the <laughs> ticket.
1: Um, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very but, good. so
0: she took the, she took the front picture. We took the back picture in my basement, in our basement. Um, because I didn't, I, it was like time we're in the middle of a pandemic and it was like, I have no photos. And Frankie's a great photographer. And I said, come here, let's just let's take a bunch of pictures. Well, we'll find one. And the one that's on the front cover, you know, I wanted to represent the Bronx cause that's where I was born mm-hmm. and where I grew up until I was like 13. Um, and I said, and I have the Empire State Building behind me, so there's no doubt where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, like there were other pictures where like I looked less, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it just it's just smells from rock and roll, that photo. Like there was pictures oh. where my angle was better or something like that. But I just went, no, man, that's the picture right there. No. And, and do yeah. it in black and white, baby.
1: <laughs> this is it. This is yeah. it. This is the one. So I've got CDs, a couple of cool stickers, I've got a guitar pick, and I will be ordering uh, some more in the next few weeks. So anybody that wants one, uh, just sign I signed them, up. right? Didn't I sign them? Uh, these, no, they're not signed.
0: I didn't sign them. Uh, you should have told me to uh, sign them. I would have. I would have. Uh, to, I wouldn't have said to to who because we don't know who. But I would have. Yeah, yeah, we don't know who. Them. Well,
1: that's okay. I'll I'll sign them for you. I'm just kidding.
0: I will not okay, do good. that. Okay, <laughs> good.
1: I wouldn't do that. (laughs) I don't think you could
0: replicate my chicken scratching.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yes, I've learned to do my husband's signature, and that's the extent of my forgery for now. So uh, although I made a good living at that in high school, signing – I could do anybody's parents' What A forgery? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah called it art you know like like people who copy masterpieces that kind of thing uh but anyway so i'll be getting some more and you can sign them but i will be happy to send these along or you can just go ahead and buy your own and have it sent straight to you and have it autographed by ricky bird and that will be a cool thing too ricky uh thank you again so much for you coming back here to madam perry's salon i am so grateful you've been so generous with your time your talent well i appreciate you asking me Oh, delighted. And you you, you just you, – you're, you're it. You're it. You're the guy. You're the troubadour. You're the real deal, and I'm so grateful to you. And grateful what to you. Uh, the Joy- keeper of
0: the rock and roll flame?
1: <laughs> that, yes, yes. Uh, listen,
0: the market well, you know, is right what? here. When people, yeah, when people listen to my records, like I'm basically – like, oh, what does he sound like? I'm a product of everything I listened to from the age of 13 to like 20. You know, like whatever I soaked up in there – you know, whether it's Zeppelin or, or uh, The Who or Humble Pie or Otis Redding or, you know, <laughs> that's what I sound like. Like, whether Rod Stewart in the Faces or the Rolling Stones, you know, I mean, I'm just I don't hide my influences. I mean, I don't copy anything, but like this is who I am. This is the kind of music I love. And 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 this is this, you play to your strengths. It's you know? legit. But just let legit. me just uh, just let me mention that. Um, well, you could get the record right now. at uh, And, yeah, I call it a record. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what 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 anybody else calls these I, these days. What a record! It's a record.
1: Yeah, it's a record.
0: Um, it's a record, yeah. Uh, at RickyBird dot com, really simple. Um, and we just signed a distribution deal, which is really cool. Somebody heard the record and offered me a great distribution deal. So it's come January of two thousand and twenty-one. It's going to be on Amazon and physical stores and Apple Music and you know okay. every all all of the online portals. But that won't be until January. And of course you won't be able to get a signed copy then. So if you want if you want it now, uh, go to RickyBird dot
1: com. And that's R I C K Y B Y R D Dot com yeah. And I will, of course, for a lot of people listen to this in their car or when they're jogging or something. So remember, I will always keep all the links for my guests and how to get their uh, CDs, books, whatever, how to find them on all of my social media, whether it's for uh, Madam Perry Salon or for Jennifer P. I will be sharing it on Twitter, Reddit, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. I will be sharing it there so that everybody knows where to get Sobering Times, Clean Getaway, and anything Ricky's got there to sell. I don't know. Um, maybe some um,
0: – I actually have some Clean Getaway some t-shirts purge. on there. Oh,
1: God, ladies, yes, yes.
0: ladies, I've got some Clean Getaway tank tops. Unfortunately, I, I mean, fortunately for you ladies, I, I have ladies, but that's all, I don't have any guys' shirts left. So that was from the last record and from my uh, foundation that I had back then. It says uh, Escapes Through the Music, and it's got a really cool uh, logo on it.
1: Yes, thank you for me. I'm so sorry I mentioned already. Yes, two T-shirts, the black t-shirt with a, just a short sleeve with a crew neck, and the tank top. Yes. And uh, I, oh, love And you know top. what?
0: I'm actually talking to a t-shirt company. Um, I, I want to find out. I think that cover would make a great t-shirt. So I think I'm going to do um, uh, t-shirts uh, for this record. So I'm working on that now. I think um, it's it would make a really cool shirt.
1: Oh cool. yeah. Maybe even a jacket. A tour jacket. We're not touring, but Let's you start. can still have a tour jacket. You a got, satin.
0: Yeah, you got to go on tour to get a tour jacket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, and these uh, right now, doesn't there's, there's well, the October blowout sale, it seems to be still on there for uh, the show. Oh, yeah, to $10. I got to it in
0: November. We'll just keep
1: changing yes. it. So you better order fast. It, it, but anyway, yeah. order. All right. Uh, Ricky Bird, i got to tell you. This is great, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is a song. There's a song from the uh, last from a clean getaway that I play from time to time. I hope you don't mind, and um, <laughs> it's got the best lyrics ever, and it that? is. I prefer waking uh, up. To, uh, this is good, Matt and Perry from Always. Joey, Back in the day? I live um, the bump and tumble life. Spent my days sleeping so on the things Everybody. I did last.